How did I start this? I never know how to start these. Let's begin. <laughs> In the beginning. Okay. What the heck? Just zoom in. So, I, I put out, I think, are we good? I put out a, um, I, I wanted to talk about the Ark and Holy Spirit, but then I just didn't finish the message. So, I'm going to talk about something else tonight. Well, yeah, we could talk about it, but I don't want to force it. So maybe next week, it's, I want to talk about Noah's Ark and the prophetic tied to it of how it like maps out all of what we're going to experience and all of Scripture. It's a really cool study that I've been working on, but I did, haven't really gotten it on paper and feel cozy about it. So I want to talk about something else tonight. I want to talk about <clears throat> raising the standards over our lives. Is that cool? If it's not, deal with it. Um, and I want this to be a message. I, I, frankly, I don't think this is going to be like a message where you got three application points. There's nothing wrong with those, but it's not going to be three application points and here's three steps to a better life. It's not going to be one of those. I, I feel like we've all grown up in the church enough to know how to be a Christian. Right? What's that? Hopefully. Right? I mean, even if you've been to a couple services or, or even li maybe listened to the news and heard about somebody who failed as a pastor or something like that, you know that there's a standard to Christianity. And I, know, I think we all understand how to be a Christian, but I don't think we really understand what it means to be a Christian. I think there's a big difference. You with me? The, the difference is, is how is this like following a bunch of do's and don'ts and just like, cool, I didn't swear today, you know. I'm a good Christian. No, that's, I think there's more to it. What it means to be a Christian is like an awe and wonder attached to the way we live our lives, the way it kind of looks like when I wake up and the way I interact with my world, my external world, if you will, and, the, and how I should interact with the external world as a Christian. Does that make sense? We know how, but I think we need to focus on the what. So my goal with this message is to kind of play, inject an awe into us. That was super creepy. He was like staring through that window for a little bit. Yeah. Hi, welcome. Did I interrupt you? No, you're okay. Okay. A little bit. But, uh, yeah, let's just do it. When God is number one, there is no number two. Okay, usually, when I grew up, 90s Christianity, early 2000s Christianity, it was all, you know, WWJD bracelets, and we put...
God is second, our family's third, our ministry last. Right? Okay, we, there's this ranking system. Good on paper. But what if we were actually to do everything that we do unto the Lord? Not just ranking like, okay, I've got to keep God first and then I'll, then I'll pay attention to my wife. Or I put God first and then I won't kick my dog. You know, like stuff like that, right? It should be, if God is number one, there is no number two. The way that I honor my wife should be unto the Lord. The way I interact with you guys should be unto the Lord. Not just because you're part of my ministry. Does that make sense? I think it would grab that. I think it'll kind of change the way we do things. Whether it's just going and running wire, you know? I don't know what electricians do, but I think that's what you do, right? Yeah. What does that look like, and how do I do that unto the Lord? The easy answer is, okay, I do it with excellence, right? I do it with everything that I, do, I can, and I, I do it well. And that's, that's cool, but like, I don't think that's working. I don't think that's working for us. Or also, frankly, the church would be in a better state. Not encounter, but the overall big church, Yes. It would be in a better state. Our world would be in a better state. It would all be kind of a little bit more healthier. Yeah? What does it look like when I go to work unto the Lord? What does it look like when that jerk cuts me off? What does it look like? All of these things. How do I interact with the world unto the Lord? When he's just number one, there's no number two. And I don't know. I guess the, the thing is, is like whether I'm fixing my car or cutting the grass or beating Benji in ping pong, it's everything I do is a possible offering to the king, right? <laughs> Especially beating, it's like... I think the word possible possible. Really possible. Yes, there is a possibility. He beat me twice today. Two. <laughs> it hurt. This is the, that's the first time I've lost in this room. Wow, that is awesome. Oh, no, that was a lie. I lost last week. Hmm. Everything I do is a possible offering to the Lord. Yes? Like, what's that look like? It's easy for me to come up here and preach that, right? It's easy. Oh, hey, here you go. <laughs> All right, see ya. You know? But... What's that look like? Is it, oh, well, all right, I just, I just fix something in, in, a, in my work environment, and then I just all of a sudden throw my hands up in the middle of my workplace and start worshiping and saying, holy, holy, holy. I don't know. Maybe that's your cup of tea, but I don't know. I think there's something that I think we focus so much on our external portrayance of giving him an offering instead of what's happening in me. Yeah. Where there's something that's actually taking place in me that should just like, he doesn't need me to yell at the top of my lungs. He doesn't need me to jump around. He doesn't need that. He just needs my affection turned towards him. Yes. Yes. Because what we struggle with, and I, I see it, I, I've seen it myself. I, I, and frankly, don't get offended with this, but 
I see it myself. A lot of us are two-faced. <laughs> we are. And, and it sucks. And I know that you, there's that tension that you guys struggle with. I struggle with it too. There's this two-facedness. Okay, I want to I want to I, I want to experience the Lord in his fullness, but I also want to advance me. And sometimes those don't collide very well and don't mix or blend very well, right? A lot of us are two-faced, myself included. I struggle with it, you know. How do you <laughs> If you knew what I did for work, you'd be like, "All right, where's the Lord in that?" you know? No, I don't do this full time. Yeah, I kill people for a living. <laughs> but um, I, I get it to some extent, but I feel like in this pursuit of this like two-facedness, we need to start this pursuit of just finding the one face and not us. <laughs> I think we over-glorify ourselves like, oh, I need to find the real me. <laughs> But we need to find the real Jesus, and I think that's where we find our face. That's where we find our purpose. That's why, where we find all things. Identity, you know, whatever buzzword you want to throw out, that's where you find it, yes? is him, his face. Not that, okay, all right, Jesus, give me a new identity. No, he already has given you an identity. It's just tied up in him, and we need to focus on him. Yes? Because it's easy to come to church and look holy, you know. It's easy. We 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 almost like. <laughs> how do I say this? We almost like over glorify that in the church setting. It's like, oh, okay, he has something. She has something. So we're just gonna we're gonna give him the keys. <laughs> well, all right, hold on. We, we need to find the one face again. We have to. And I want to talk about a kind of an interesting story of of a queen that traveled in and uh, it took some like awe uh, I'm having a hard time communicating a queen traveled in to like uh, visit Solomon and his house and she was just in awe of what she saw and I want to talk about that scripture tonight and I, I, I almost want to encourage you that there's like, there's this special, there's, uh, there's a special side of Jesus's face in the mundane in our lives. There's a special side of Jesus's face in the mundane of our lives. I believe in a sovereign king. Do you? Yes. Sovereign God, he set all things up. Yes. I, I really believe in that. And I don't think that the mundane things that I've just considered mundane are just, oh, all right, that's just, it's like filler in a pill, you know? <laughs> that's not what it's supposed to be. I believe that he set up everything, even if it's just going to get a piece of cheese at the grocery store, I believe that that's a sovereign setup. Uh, that might be radical, and that might maybe stretch you a little bit, like, man, I thought I was just going to get bread, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But I believe that it's a sovereign setup from the king to highlight something of his nature so that we can almost find an awe in who he is. So I want to be, I want to be the same person I am in here 
in my workplace, with my difficult family, with my frustrating dog, you know, whatever it might be, I want to be that same person. I want to be the same person where I offer myself, not just actions, but myself to the king properly. You with me? Yes. Do you guys want that? Does this like sound interesting at all? Or, or is this like, ah, maybe? Like, I don't know, I, when I read this story in Scripture, and I, I, I know I'm dangling carrots, but when I read this story, I was like, why the heck? This is so weird. So uh, let me find, uh, let's turn there. Let's go to First Kings. And I, I have chapter 10 written down. Yeah, chapter 10. When you're there, say Madison. Just a couple of you. First Kings 10. I feel like we've put in like a dividing line of secular and sacred. And I believe that's where the two faces starts is this is the secular part of my life, but this is my sacred part of my life. I've fallen into this trap. I have, but I believe that everything is supposed to be sacred to the king. Okay. So let's read this. I'm just going to read. Um, I don't even know why I'm looking at these. First Kings chapter 10, it's, it reads, Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great, uh, whoa. She came to Jerusalem with a very great uh, routine. How do you say that? Retinue? You'll learn that I prepare my messages out of the NASB and then I preach out of the ESV and then some of these words blindside me. She came with a great number or something with camels uh, bearing spices and, and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on his, uh, all that was on her mind. And Solomon all answered all of her questions. There was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And when the, king, uh, when the queen of Sheba had seen all of the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, and the attendance of his servants, their, their clothing, his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings that were offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more breath in her. I'm going to pause there. We might continue to read later. Do you see what's kind of happening here? She travels in. She brings all sorts of crazy stuff, yes? And comes to Solomon with hard questions, it says. And he had an answer for every single one of them, which is, frankly, I think kind of cool. Uh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Hard questions with hard answers. She travels and... and asks all these questions, and he has answers to every single one of them. Yes? 
I think the first kind of thing I want to pull out is even if somebody's coming over for dinner, uh, you know, maybe prophetically we're talking about lamb. Um, <laughs> just making sure everybody's still listening. Even if somebody's just coming over for dinner, coming over just to talk to you and ask you questions, we need to be ready, yes, to have answers, good answers, like Dave said. We don't just need to say answers for the sake of saying answers. Yes? How many of you know a person who just is like, always has an answer to a question, and you're like, they're full of crap? Uh, are they good answers? No, we got to like, we got to, there has to be a level of discernment. The Queen of Sheba wasn't some dummy, right? She wasn't just like, oh, okay, whatever he says. Oh, wow. Ostriches don't fly. You know, like <laughs> all this kind of weird stuff. It was, there was a discernment attached. Even when you're listening to somebody preach, even if they are stunning in every way, like me, <laughs> yeah, I thank you. You have to weigh it. You have to discern it. You can't just be like, all right, I trust everything that I hear. If they say that they're Christian, I just trust it. Let's be careful, okay? Solomon, Solomon might be, the, uh, was a very wise individual, yes? And yes, he had this entrusting and this anointing or this favor that was on his life, but there's still a discernment that we have to attach to things. Why? Because this is, I believe, the root of all two-facedness. If I just, uh, I did it. I always pick up the freaking cup and then don't drink it. <laughs> drink it. What was I saying? Oh, yes. I believe this is where the root of uh, two-faced kind of culture comes from, is just by believing whatever we hear. Right? Are we so insecure that we're just like, oh, wow, that sounded pretty good. I just believe it. Or are we going to weigh something? Are we going to actually, maybe when we get home, reread this story and see if this Lex guy is actually saying what is truth? Or if he's just blowing smoke, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like, we've got we to be careful. We've got to watch over our internal world. Because if we buy into just whatever we hear, we're just trying to, we're just grabbing straws. And it's pathetic, frankly. Okay? That's a little side note. But anyway, she comes in. She uh, asks all these questions, gets answers to all these questions, and then starts looking around. Yes? She starts looking around at the house, sees the, what was the list? Looks at the house he built, the food on the table, lamb probably, <laughs> the seating of his officials. <laughs> Gosh, I'm so immature. The seating of his officials and the attendance of his servants, their clothing, what they were wearing the cupbearers, the burnt offerings that he had offered. She starts looking around. And I want to highlight something. Uh, have you ever, like, walked into a really cool house and been like, all right, that's dope? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. I get to see it often just because I'm in construction. I get to see these pretty dope houses. Like, we have a, 
Uh, quick tangent. We have, we have the uh, contract with Sterling Custom Homes. Has anybody heard of Sterling Custom Homes? It's beautiful homes and like minimum five mil. And we, uh, huh? What do you do in resi? Huh? What do you do in resi? Are you framing? No. Drywall. Drywall, paint, oh, hard finishes. Yeah. So I got to see one the other day and it was just, it was, you know, freaking 12 by 12 beams that were going to be put up in this freaking mansion and all, all of these things, you know, the views galore and you just walk in, even if the house isn't finished and you're just like, wow. And you start looking around at the craftsmanship of, of so-and-so and it's just like, whoa, they know what they're doing. Right? We've all seen these kinds of things when you're like, all right, that couch is dope. I want it. It's just made well. Or holy cow, every single miter cut on their trim is just perfect. Or you see behind the walls and you're looking maybe at the wiring and like who, what kind of freak ran this? This is gorgeous. You know, all of this kind of stuff. HVAC, you see all of this stuff. Then it's just like these people are excellent in what they do. And I believe that's kind of a, a reality that we're seeing in this story here. The Queen of Sheba starts looking around. And let's just use hypotheticals. Let's have some fun. She looks at the stairs. Okay? She looks at the stairs, which are like normal things for us. And we're just like, yippee. We walk up them. We walk down them. They serve a purpose. They're mundane. They have no purpose in my life other than getting to a second level. Right? But this queen actually looked at these stairs and said, holy crap. There's a God. Yeah, it might be taking liberties here, but she starts looking around. And you can read the rest of the story. And God becomes real to her by looking at all of these things in the mundaneness. I want to be that kind of person. But imagine being the carpenter of the stairs. Right? You're just serving a purpose. You're just building stairs. You do it every single day of your life. It's no big deal. But a queen travels in and she, she shuts down everything and says, wow, there's a God. When's the last time that you did something that you were so proud of and somebody said, wow, there's a God? Never. <laughs> Other than looking at me. I get it. You're just like, wow, there is a God. Yeah, wow. Ooh. Yeah, but you get it? I hope you're grabbing this because this is fascinating. She looks at the food on the table and says, there's a God. She looks at the clothes of the servants and said, wow, there is a God. Are we doing our work to that level of excellence? Are we living our lives to that level of excellence where the mundane things might become the most radical thing for somebody else? I think as Christians, we kind of get a little bit too self-centered and focused on, okay, what can I get from God today? Shut it down, dude. It better be what can I offer the Lord today? It has to be. You're not some like 
impoverished little baby wandering on this earth. <laughs> Let me say that again. You're not some little impoverished little baby wandering around on this earth saying, woe is me, God, I can't believe I'm just in this situation. Shut up. I get things happen, but shut up. Get over yourself. Like, do you think you're that important? Give him an offering. Yes? Even if you don't agree with me, you know that this is truth because you're like, frick, I don't like that. Yeah. Start pouting a little bit. But come on. We're not that important in the grand scheme of things. He's the king. He's the most important one. We've got to get over ourselves. We have to. Or else we're always just going to be looking for the next bump. The next God bump, you know? Like, oh, well, I'm not satisfied enough with that healing, so I need to get something else. And come on, Lord, I need, I need my hit, man. No, come on, you're freaking, you're, what are you doing? Are you prostituting God? Whoa. Oh, we don't like hearing that. But, like, what if God treated you the way you treat him? What if? What if God treated you the way you treated him Monday through Friday or through Saturday? What if? Oh, I'd be dead. He would lift his hand faster than anything. Because I'm sorry, I, I, yeah, yippee, I'm a pastor, but like, I don't think of God Almighty every single hour of every single day. I don't. I wish I did. I'm trying. But I'm, I'm not that holy. <laughs> I'm not. But man, when, when I realize how minuscule my things are compared to how grand he is, it will revolutionize my life. I'm still learning it. And I know you are too. I know you are. Yes? Even if you're like, oh man, I'm pretty holy, Lex. You haven't? You should see what's in here. I, I can see it. I know a lot about you guys. And you're like, well, you never sat down with me. I know. <laughs> but I hear the Lord. I know a lot about you guys. I know that's, oh, Alexa's reading my mail. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. But I hope you're grabbing this. Picture this. Solomon's house. Now let's connect some dots, okay? Solomon's house. And we're going to connect the dot of now I'm called a temple and I, I'm a house. Okay, my body's a house. Yeah? It's getting bigger by the day. That's funny. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I had some lamb last night, so it might be in me still. That's weird to think about. Gross. All right. Anyway. Solomon's house. If, you, we, if the Queen of Sheba were to come into your house, your internal world, your body, and look around, <laughs> what, would, what would she kind of be in like awe and wonder about? What would kind of stop her in her tracks and say, whoa, there's a God? Maybe it's your compassion towards people. Right? I see that on so hopefully some of you. Right? 
your compassion, how much you love people, how much you care for maybe specific people, not all people. I get it. Maybe, I don't know, whatever it is, right? What would she stop dead in her tracks for? Would she marvel at something? Would she marvel at the food that you've prepared at your table? Would she marvel at the banister along, their, along your stairs? Would she marvel at how perfectly the, the, the floors were laid? Would she marvel at the countertops? And would she stop dead in her tracks and say, whoa, there's a God. Think about it. This is a real reality. This isn't just like a cool little Sunday, Sunday school story. This is a real prophetic picture of what the Lord's inviting us into today. What are the mundane areas in my life where after I get home from work and Miller's asleep and then I turn on Instagram reels and me and Madison send them back and forth and we, we laugh. What are those mundane areas of my life that are just like, why do we do that? Even if it does get us giggling. The normal parts of life can be a part of our offering to, king, to the king. Yes? yes? We've got to stop bankrupting the king because he doesn't give us what we want. We need to just give him an offering of everything that we can. When we start focusing on our circumstances and situations, what happens? Where's our, where, where does our gaze go? off of the Lord. We're, we're marveling at a mountain. <laughs> we're marveling at a situation. We're marveling at the, oh, uh, wow. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm late on my rent again. Oh, yippee. Be more responsible. <laughs> right? And how are you honoring him with your finances? Right? What are you doing with your finances to honor the king? Right? We have to grab this reality or else, oh my gosh, when you guys are 30, 40, what kind of person are you going to be? You're going to be like, ugh. <laughs> You're going to be just in your little victim pity party. I know, I'm, 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 pull, I'm poking buttons. I get it. But we got to stop. We have to stop. I'm not going to be the person to coddle you. The Lord will counsel you. But counseling is a means to getting out of something, not staying in something. Do you understand that? When he, when he calls himself a wonderful counselor, means he's the best there is about getting you out of something, getting you out of a mindset, not saying, oh, well, how does that make you feel today, Sally? No, Sally, okay, buck up, buttercup. Let's go to, here's where we're going. I understand you're feeling that, but here's where we're going. That's the king. He's worthy of an offering no matter what kind of crap hits the fan. Do you get it? Here's how the Queen of Sheba replies. Blessed be the Lord of God. Sorry. Blessed, in verse 9, blessed be the Lord your God. 
who has delighted in you and set you on a throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever. He has made you king that you may execute justice and righteousness. And then she blessed him with all sorts of stuff, which you can read, you're adults, you can read it on your own. Blessed be your God. What God are you magnifying today? There's a lot of, there's a lot of gods being tossed around. I get it. There's only one true one. Yes. Okay, good. All right. Lex is still here. Yeah. There's only one true one. But there's a lot of little gods running around consuming your guys' lives, consuming my life. Yes? I want somebody to look at my life and look at my internal world and the offerings that I'm giving the king. Say, blessed is the Lord, your God. Him. That's who I want to be. Whether it's on the golf course when I'm just tearing it up on heaven, heaven on earth kind of setting, you know, green grass, green pastures, right? Some like to frequent the, the steady waters a little bit more than I do, but... <laughs> That's pretty good too, huh? Whether it's there and they're like, wow. There's an excellence there. Whether it's drumming, there's an excellence there. Blessed be the Lord Noah's God, right? That, wow, there is a God. He's real. But you see, some of us are exemplifying other gods. Most of us are exemplifying us as God. Right? Well, where's my honor in this, Lex? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not the way this game works. Your self-promotion days are not that great. And they have to end, dude. They have to. Because he'll advance you. He'll bless you. You don't need it from others. Do you? No, you don't. I'll answer for you. You do not need it from others. Make sense? I want to be the carpenter. I want to be the electrician. I want to be the whatever your title is, I want to be the whatever your title is, your schooling, all of these things, don't you want to be the best there is so that somebody says, whoa, you just fixed my car and I had no idea what was going on. There's something on you. Right? Wow, what a concept. And then... Don't go start a blog about how important your opinions are. Go tell the world about him. Stop putting your name on his realities and his, his things that he's implanting into you. Stop taking credit for it. Got to give it to him. We have to. That's true excellence. You can practice your way into excellence, quote-unquote excellence, but true excellence is every mundane area, everything that I do is an offering to God Almighty. Yes? 
and frankly, just get over yourself. Honor him. That's it. Cool? Let me pray for you. And only if you want to receive this. I feel like there's a couple of you who don't want to receive this tonight, and that's okay. But if you do want to receive this, I, I just invite you to hold your hands out. Don't look around, because it's okay. So, Holy Spirit, I just, I just pray that you would do your work on hearts tonight. That you would highlight areas that we're taking credit for your magnificence, if I can use that word. That you would almost rewire our, our purposes and why we're in the areas that we're in. Lord, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that you set it all up. So I pray that every willing heart would walk in this reality in confidence and in humility and in honor to you. So Lord, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would download right now in Jesus' name, that you would touch your people right now That you, that you would that you would identify the where some maybe some renovations need to happen in our internal world so that we can offer you a pure sacrifice and that we would be extra sensitive to this truth this week Holy Spirit thank you thank you that you care Thank you that you love. In Jesus' name, amen.